Um, hello, dear listener. I have um, this is the first of a number of um, of recordings, podcasts, uh, to do with uh, emotional healing, healing the emotions, and I'm taking these extracts out of books that I've written uh, with practical suggestions and and um, and how to how to really get the best out of life. And so, if you if you feel that you are depressed, anxious, fearful, um, and life is getting you down and you don't know what to do, maybe you want to give up for whatever reason, then I pray that this, this, the, these um, segments uh, or these little episodes will really be of great benefit to you. So I'll start off with, um, uh, I'll start off with the, the first part, which is, is to say, the fear factor, <clears throat> um, and you know what is the fear factor? Uh, I, I'm going to just tell you that uh, Carl Jung, the greatest, one of the greatest psychologists of all times, um, he had ten thousand of his ten thousand patients. Every single one of them had fear, and the and one of his comments was, "Is that welcome to the human race? We all have fear." So all these patients had fear. They were, no matter what their psychological problem was, they had fear. You know, they could have been neurotic, had phobias. Um, there are so many things that life turns around to us. So I'm going to start. The first one was the fear factor. So why do we need emotional healing? In general, it is all about fear that we were programmed with from childhood by parents, circumstances, relatives, school, friends, partners, evildoers, and the like. Scott Peck, who became a famous author, realized from an early age there was something wrong or missing in his life and started searching for meaning and studying psychology and ended up by turning to God. Now he has helped millions through his books such as Down the Road, Less Traveled, and so on. From my own experience in life and subsequent counseling, listening to many thousands of stories from people in squatter camps uh, and on the streets and in the ark place where I helped start with a thousand homeless people, um, I have learned so much about life and that every one of them, every single person has suffered from some type of disability, uh, of some kind of dysfunctional um, experience in the family life. So what that means is that we all have fear. So what does that mean? So how does that progress from us birth to adulthood? So first of all, inwardly, this depends on the degree and duration of the fear causing factors of fear. From birth, we receive smacks, hidings, and possibly abuse from overstrict parents. Then we started feeling rejected. I feel unloved and unwanted, and we experience discipline as punishment, where the parents, in their kind of mistaken idea of, of trying to uh, sort of train us, disciple us, they, they punish us. And so what that does is it causes us to have a sense of resentment. We develop a sense of why, are they doing this to me? And then worry become obsessive. Eventually, we start rebelling and saying, I'm not going to take this much longer. And we are, our lives are filled with bitterness, which makes our life a misery, and life is a bitter pill to swallow. After that comes depression. This is because it seems impossible that our situation can actually change. Now, anger starts building up. This is like a progression, and we develop moods. Okay, we might have outbursts of, of, of anger every now and then, and even possibly violence. 
And it's because of the unforgiveness inside of us that affects us most. And we can actually become ill from that. And what that eventually does is we can develop phobias, we can we become neurotic and social, antisocial behavior. We might become manipulators, controllers, could be uh, schizophrenia or insanity. There are all sorts of things that can occur in our life if we don't deal with the issue. It's like a cancer that's eating us. So that's inside, of course, outside. Eventually, we would turn to addictions, people like and drink, uh, drink or drugs or something like that, or painkillers and possibly violence and murder or suicide. So suicide is the final and ultimate act of desperation to, to escape the world. You know, Hippocrates found that people fell into four different groups. He was the founder of modern medicine, probably around about the 1600s. And he found that the temperament of men and women, there were, there were four types. And I'll just read them. Sanguine was where you were restless, impulsive and disorganized. Uh, because of the color, he, what he did was he, he classified this in accordance to the color of your bile. The next one was a choleric, angry, impetuous, hot-tempered, violent, and cruel. A melancholy with black bile was morbid, self-examination, hypochondriac, easily offended. Phlegmatic was selfish, stubborn, slow, lazy, selfish. Now, all these characteristics we develop from childhood because of our childhood experience and our childhood circumstances. And this is because we're living in, in a dysfunctional world. So dysfunctionality or unhappiness is a fact and a way of life for every succeeding generation in general. Parents are never taught how to be parents. In other words, when a child arrives, they're not quite sure what to do with it, how to deal with it, how to train it, how to teach it, how to love it. And neither are they taught how to relate as husband and wife between each two. So they're battling already to relate with each one being different and having different expectations and not having them met. And so then stress develops up not only uh, between the husband and wife, but of course if the child is there and that, com that complicates everything. So when they bring a child in the world, <clears throat> there's a total ignorance of their own lack of knowledge in parenting and relational skills. This is a guarantee not only for a failed marriage, but a sure way for the children to grow up dysfunctional. A survey in a church once found that 96% of people in a church have grown up with some sort of dysfunctional background to a varying degree. So some would have it lightly if the parents were not too bad, but if it was just one parent maybe dysfunctional, then there's a greater degree. If they were both dysfunctional, it's even a worse degree. And then obviously there are different other factors, like if the father leaves the home or uh, and then the mother has to bring the child up or vice versa, and all the various things can have us. And so this, this can carry on, this uh, manipulation, control, domineering, parenting and relational control um, will carry on down the line. And so uh, it's called the fourth generation. So uh, the strangest thing is like pedophiles, you know, when they are, they are subjected to pedophilia, they say they'll never, they'll never allow that to happen. But the strangest thing is they become ones themselves. So this kind, of, this kind of behavior is almost genetic in a sense, but it's really emotional and spiritual. So children often grow up in a semi-nightwear world, much like I did, and are not aware of it and ignorant. And that there is actually a possibility of a different way of living without fear and without being unloved. So we have this deep-rooted resentment of bitterness, unforgiveness, and anger from which we need to be freed. 
The end result of all of this is a continuous change of family abuse and suffering down the family line, which is often made worse in, by involvement in alcoholism, addictions, cultic involvement, palm reading, fortune telling, witchcraft, seances. So these things are a guarantee of episodes of depression and suicidal tendencies, murder and destruction. But you know, the answer to all this, Jesus is the one that said the truth will set us free. Many people say, well, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But what is truth and who? how do we know what truth is? Well, truth is relative to everybody. Everybody's got their own idea of what truth is. You know, what's right in one culture will be wrong in another culture and in one language and another language. So, uh, but what he said was in the book of 831, he said that if we followed his teaching, we would know the truth. Now, that would sound rather strange because he just said, I have come to give you life and life in all its fullness in, the, in John 10.10. 10. And the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. So if how do we get this abundance? He said, quite simply, if you, if you follow my teachings, and I've come to show you an excellent way because my words, they are spirit, they are life. And so if you follow my teachings, then you'll become a disciple of mine, a follower of mine. Now, a follower or a disciple of someone is very simply, um, it's, it's somebody who wants to change something. So for argument's sake, I wanted to, to be, do some painting and I didn't know how to paint. So I went to this chap, Vincent, I asked him to teach me and I used to go there regularly and I became a follower of, of Vincent and he was an excellent teacher and he'd correct me now and then and teach me here and in the end, my, my paintings turned out very nicely. So I was a follower of Vincent and eventually... Uh, I knew how to do it. In other words, I knew what was required in painting and I was set free to be able to do my painting myself, to how to mix colors and so on. So that's what Jesus was really saying, to become a disciplined person um, in, in, in actually applying his words, reading his words, studying them and doing them. So he said, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Now, Jesus came to earth to show us the truth about God, about everything else. No one else could do that. And so, in a sense, knowing the truth is knowing Jesus. Now, that is what I would call not a, um informational knowledge, but it's an experiential knowledge where you ask God to, to help you to hear his voice. And this is what happened to me on a mountain where God filled me with his love for 36 hours and I eventually said, God, take it away. I'm going to die of joy. Um, this I've got in also in a podcast on this platform and also in my on my website. But I don't expect everybody to have that kind of thing. But one thing is for sure that the Spirit of God is within every living person. And so what that means is when Jesus said for argument's sake, unless your spirit within is made new, you will never see heaven. And so that that particular thing is a must become a desire when you really get to a place where you say, I can't do this anymore, I don't know what to do, I'm so depressed, I'm so whatever, whatever. Well, that's, it's, it's, not a, it's a good place in the sense that if you come to that point, then you can try God. You know, you can try everything. I tried everything as a young man, uh, I, you know, sex, rock and roll, boulevard, Spryfly, Chevrolet, and, and none of these things really helped me, and I, I couldn't find any meaning in my life, and I worked very hard, like most of you who are listening. But... The point is this, that I want, I've come to tell you that there is a reality in the spirit life. I mean, I've, over the last 34 years now, and I write books and, on this, 
is that I've heard, heard God clearly talk to me in my spirit. Okay, that's like a, call it your subconscious if you like. But God talks to me and gives me clear things. Like if I'm walking through a shopping mall, he'll tell me that this person in a wheelchair can be healed, go over and talk to her and pray for healing. And I do that and they get out of the wheelchair much to my amazement. But I couldn't do that if I didn't have any guidance from above. In other words, I couldn't walk up to any wheelchair and say, get out of the wheelchair. It's, it, it's never going to work. You need that, that guidance from upstairs. I call them Gmails or Godmails where God kind of tells me what to do or if I ask for things and I listen carefully, there's an answer. So I think that's the big thing about knowing the truth and the truth will set you free because once you've established a relationship with God and every single person on this planet well, should have heard God at some time or another. It's like a voice. You've heard of the what we call the conscience. Okay, the conscience will tell you this and that. But it's really your spirit within and God trying to communicate with you. And it's, it's up to us to try and get to the place where we can actually learn to talk to God and to hear from God. So, so when Jesus says, Jesus said finally to when you know the truth, the truth will set you free and who the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. So I, I would just say that we need to read Jesus' words and his teachings. And then lastly, and I'll end up this, uh, this episode with the following thing is that in the book of Romans 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what that means is not watching TV and all the rubbish and garbage and, and saturating our inner being with negativity and watching the news all the time. No, um, it's, it's about changing your, the stuff that you put in your mind. You know, Jesus said, you are not unclean because of what you put in your mouth, but what comes out of your mouth from the storehouse of your heart. And so that storehouse is something I'll look at in the next episode, what we store there. And what comes out and why we do what we do. But so in closing, dear listener, I would just like to say this to you. That there is a way that it might seem impossible and it is impossible with man. But with God, anything is possible. And I, I'm a real proof of that. I've seen so many miracles, so many healings, so many deliverances that I am compelled to actually do these podcasts and to... And in closing, I just pray that, dear listener, that if you are going through anything like this, any depression, in the name of Jesus, I, I say to you, I bind that spirit in you, that you no longer listen to that voice. You tell the voice to go away. I am a child of God. You leave me alone. So I pray that over you right now, that as you listen to my voice, that you will be inspired for greater things, that no matter what happens in this world, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble. So he's not saying you're not going to get out of it. You're going to have trouble. But in me you will have peace. And you see, that's the great thing, that when, we, when he means that, when we really put our trust in him, in the spirit realm, and it's a very difficult concept, but it's, it's, I, I have, I have um, experienced this so many times, there is no absolute no doubt in my mind. So put your trust in him, speak to him, and you'll see that the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. And till next time, this is Arthur Dilley, and God bless.